Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin. I am a mom, a wife, and entrepreneur, and I am passionate about living a frugal, debt-free life. And making that work for us instead of making us work for it. And we have some really honest money conversations on this show because life is real, money is real, and we don't always fit inside of a cash envelope. And today I'm going to be talking about messaging when it comes to financial shame. So so the shame-based debt messaging that I hear a lot and how I've kind of broken away from that in my own thinking and the process that it took me to get there. And I just, this was not the topic that I was going to talk about this week, but it's something that came up on Instagram and... I just feel like some of you need to hear this message because it's one of those things that I kind of had to preach to myself. So let's talk about financial shame or as my friend Deidre from Slay This Debt calls it, toxic money messages. First, a little background. My husband and I paid off $36,000 in two years on one income. But before that, before we even got to that point where all we owed was $36,000, we went through a little bit of a debt disaster. I lost my job. I was working at a newspaper outside of Atlanta. And one day our publisher told us that our paychecks were no longer good and to take our computers home in lieu of payment. That was the best day ever. Hashtag sarcasm. And that same day, my husband took a $7 an hour pay cut. So we went from double income, no kids, to like two-thirds of one income that we had had the day before. It was crazy. And so the next two years of our life were pretty tumultuous. We, I ended up working as a nanny. I worked at Walmart in the overnight shift. My husband took as many overtime hours as he could, so we hardly ever saw each other, which, by the way, is fantastic for your marriage, We lost a parent. My husband's dad died. Um, We had a a really just brutally rough patch. And in the middle of all of that, we had to let our house go. We ended up going through a short sale. And if you don't know what a short sale is, it's basically when the bank settles for whatever someone's willing to buy it. So that was our case. So Somebody bought it for way less than what we owed on it. The bank took that amount and then settled the rest of the amount. So we didn't have to pay it back. That's not always the case, but the bank we were working with, they were currently in the midst of several lawsuits and were getting in major trouble because of the way that they had been lending out money to people. Basically, They were being accused of helping people lie about their income so that they could get these mortgages that they couldn't afford. Now, we didn't necessarily participate in that. Well, we didn't participate in that at all, but we'll be the first to admit, A, we bought more house than we could afford. B, we had no business buying a home to begin with. And C, we bought a house when we were still in credit card debt and student loan debt, and we had two car payments. So we were people who had no business buying a house. And so we ended up short selling our home in 2010 after two years of trying to tread water. Actually, no, we ended up 
The process of short selling began in 2010, but it wasn't complete until August of 2011, so nine years ago. And it was not, this is not something I'm proud of. This is not something that I'm like, oh, look at what we did. Look at how we were able to fix this situation. Not at all. It hurt. And I still have carried a lot of shame about that situation. Despite the fact that we are debt-free minus our mortgage, despite the fact that we have a healthy 12-month emergency fund, despite the fact that we're able to cash flow things and give and meet all of these goals, I still carry so much shame from an event that happened nine years ago. Nine years. My children weren't even alive yet. Something else that I've been transparent about over the past few months is that I am in therapy. Yay, therapy. I started because I was having a lot of anxiety, postpartum anxiety, and my therapist has helped me work through that and has helped me work through some other things, areas that have colored my life. And one of the things that we've worked through is shame. I am a rules person. I like to follow rules. I like order. I like everyone to follow the rules. Also, we'll bump up against that boundary, but if you give me a box, I will color right up to the edge, but I will not leave it. And so for someone like me, when I have a lot of money rules, I will stay in them, abide by them, and then beat myself up when I break those rules. And it took me up until recently to realize there are no rules. There are no rules. When it comes to my money, it's my money and I'm allowed to spend it however I want, regardless of anyone's opinion or not spend it regardless of anyone's opinion. When it comes to spending our own money, there are no rules. We are allowed to have any thoughts about money we want and follow any ideologies that we want about money and even mix up ideas if we really want to because money is not in and of itself a moral thing. It's a tool, right? But I realized that the problem with me feeling shame, carrying so much shame, not just based on my past actions, but on my current actions... The problem wasn't me. Y'all, I've talked about this before. I didn't want to buy a new light in my kitchen because I didn't want to spend $100 on something I didn't think I quote unquote needed. I didn't want to buy a new computer so that my family and I could all travel together when my husband went out of town for work and stay together as a family because I didn't quote unquote need it. I have worn shoes that were uncomfortable, clothes that didn't fit, I can't even name you all of the examples of times when I legitimately needed something and just decided to use what I had in place, even though what I had wasn't working for me because I felt guilty about spending the money. I would feel guilty when I went over a certain grocery budget because I had perceived this idea that I shouldn't be spending more than X amount of dollars to feed my family every week. It really reached a point of obsession. It was toxic. And I realized the problem wasn't me. The problem was the messaging. The problem wasn't me. The problem was that I continued to get money advice and motivation from a shame-based approach. 
approach. And I am taking full responsibility for this behavior and conditioning myself to ignoring needs. Um, But I realized that the problem wasn't just me. The problem was the messaging. The problem was that I was continuing to get money advice and find motivation from people whose approach was shame-based. No, I don't think that was ever anyone's intention. I don't think anyone ever set out to build a platform or a program or write a book or have an Instagram account or a YouTube channel or a podcast or whatever where their message would be money shame, money shaming, shaming people for their decisions. But it happens when we're following a system that is more about rules than it is about grace That's more about following a strict structure than it is about finding freedom. It's time to reevaluate the voices we're listening to because financial peace and financial shame cannot exist in the same space. One of the lessons that I've had to learn is that I have to forgive myself and learn to manage money in a way that is in line with not only my values, but my ability to take care of myself and my family and having shoes that fit and are comfortable helps you take care of yourself and your family. But until I learn to manage my feelings about money and my thoughts towards money, I'll never really be able to manage my money the way that I want to. And we can become so bogged down. It doesn't matter who we're getting the advice from. Okay, I think that we can glean good information from many different sources, many different backgrounds, many different thought processes. That's what I mean by follow. I enjoy the perspective and advice from people with varying backgrounds. I find it interesting. I find a new perspective. I take from it what works for me. I figure out what doesn't and I develop a plan based on my uniqueness. But if following someone, listening to someone, if listening to someone makes you feel bad, stop. Stop listening because it's not worth it. Instead of listening to messages that tell us what we should be doing, we need to listen to messages that tell us what we can do. You can get out of debt. And getting out of debt is a good thing. You can learn more about money. And learning more about money is a good thing. And you can take care of yourself in the process. And if taking care of yourself means that you pause for a minute, save up money, and take your kids on a vacation, then do it. If taking care of yourself means every Friday night you go to a restaurant, do it. I mean, y'all don't go crazy, like keep it in check, (laughs) but if you put it in your budget, if you put it a line item in your budget, your budget is a document that exists to serve you. These guidelines that you put in place are a roadmap that exists to lead you down the right path, but they are not an altar on which we lay our sanity. And I want to be very clear that I am not calling anyone out and I am not 
pointing any fingers because we are all responsible adults that need to have discernment when it comes to the messages that we listen to. Need to have an immense amount of grace with others and not judge others when it comes to how they spend their money because it does not affect us. But we also need to have an immense amount of grace when it comes to us and forgiving and letting go of these past mistakes. The mistake was already made. And if you learned from it, you learned a valuable lesson. You will pick yourself up and you will move on. And sometimes it may take you nine long years to come to terms with it. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't take you nine minutes to come to terms with it. I learned a valuable lesson and that lesson has allowed me to teach millions of people. Literally, I've gotten 9 million views on YouTube. Hallelujah. Thank you all. But I've been able to reach people that otherwise I would never have even met, that I never would have even talked to. And I've gotten to be a part of their story. And that is such a huge thing for me. But moving forward, I want to move forward with compassion and with open hands and with grace and encouraging each and every one of you who may be listening that it's okay, that you will have a bounce back and you don't have to continue to carry your past mistakes with you, right? It's a bruise, not a tattoo. What's that saying? That your mistakes are a bruise, not a tattoo. So bruises heal and you can heal too. Okay, I hope all of this rambling made any sort of sense to you. Thank you for being here. Season three is going to be awesome. There are a lot of new topics. We may have some guests on here. It's going to be fantastic. I appreciate every single one of you who have listened. I appreciate every single one of you who has left a review on wherever it is you're listening. It helps people find the show. And if you have any suggestions for podcast topics, I would love to hear from you. You can follow me on Instagram. I am at Lydia Sin, L-Y-D-I-A-S-E-N-N. Or you can find me on YouTube as Lydia Sin or on frugaldebtfreelife.com. I will leave all this information in the show notes. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you all. All move forward today with grace for yourself. Take a deep breath and I'll see you soon.